Hi there, guys. Uh, this is a faith-based podcast. This is my first podcast. Um, my name is Dylan Holsinger. I just, I'm just trying to like help you guys understand the word. I'm trying to grow myself. I want to grow. I want us all to grow together. I'm not a ordained minister or anything. I don't preach on a pulpit. I guess this is kind of my pulpit that I'll preach on in this podcast. Uh, I'll teach and I'll preach on here. And I want to lay down the foundation of what I believe. I believe Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles. Peter is the apostle to the Jews. It was set that way. I don't believe, uh, I don't really like and agree with denominational and religious boundaries and lines. That's man-made quarrels and stuff. That's man-made stuff. Uh, God made spirituality. God wanted us to get into this book that I've got in front of me, the Bible, which is his word in written form. Without any error, God wanted us to get closer to Him. God didn't want us to get closer to a Pope. So, that's what I'm going to say. And, once you're saved, you're always saved. That I, That's what I believe, that's what I know to be true. And it's faith plus nothing. Your works, your, your circumcision, your tithing 10%, none of that's going to save you. None of that's going to help you. Hell, Hell Mary, uh, all that stuff... It's not going to help you when you come to judgment or at the end of time. And I'm going to tell you right now why why I believe this. The foundation of what I believe is in one chapter, Galatians chapter 2. It says, Then fourteen years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. This is Paul talking. And I went up by revelation and communicated... Unto them that unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles. So he's talking about the gospel which he preaches among the Gentiles, which First Corinthians fifteen, which will show you the gospel. But privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain, but neither Titus who was with me being a Greek, which is a Gentile. Because you can see clearly in Romans, it says to the Jew first, then to the Greek. Okay, he come to the Jew first. They rejected him. The cross was the stumbling block of the Jew and the pickup point for the Greek, which is the Gentile. Being a Greek, a Gentile, was compelled to be circumcised. So the Jew wanted the Gentile, the Gentile in order to be picked up under this gospel. They wanted them to be under to be saved. They wanted them to be circumcised. They wanted them to fall under the law. And that being because of false brethren unawares brought in who came in privately privately to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might be bring us in the bondage. So they were spying them out. They wanted them to come into the law. To whom we gave place by subjection? No. Not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. But these who seemed to be somewhat, whatsoever they they were, it maketh no matter to me. God accepteth no man's person, for they who seemed to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. Okay, here's where it's going to pick up, because this is where we're going to see the divide and where Peter is proven to be wrong. Because a lot of people follow Cephas' teaching, which is Peter, and they say, 
Faith plus nothing, that's not real. Peter Peter talks against that. Peter even told God, I don't want to go in there. I don't want to eat an unclean meat. Acts 11. It's the contrary of this, and it shows where Peter didn't want to eat the unclean meat. But contrary-wise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me, as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter. Okay? So Paul sat there and he said... Right here. And Paul's not lying. If Paul was lying, this would not have made it in the Bible. God would have seen fit that a liar would have not had as many books as he has in this Bible. Okay? If you trust God to be all good and all knowing, why in the world would he ever put a liar in this Bible to mislead all these people into thinking faith plus nothing, once saved, always saved? That's the road to salvation, not Peter's. God put this in here because it was truth. Because he ordained, he's the one that put Paul as the apostle to the Gentiles. Anyway, here we go, verse 8. For he that wroth effectually in Peter through the apostleship of the circumcision, which means he's the apostle to the Jew, the circumcised is the Jew, the uncircumcised is the Greek or the Gentile, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. So, God... Christ says to Peter, he's like, you go to the Jew, you spread the word. Paul, you go to the Gentile, you spread the word. Peter did not know this. Peter thought he was supposed to put him under the law. And when James, Cephas, Peter, and John, not James, Cephas, Peter, and John, Cephas is Peter, who seemed to be pillars, perceived that grace, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship, that we should go unto the breath, the heathen, and that, and they unto the circumcision. So James, Peter, John, they were the pillars of this whole thing that was going on. And they told Paul and Barnabas, they said, go unto the heathen, we'll go into the circumcision. The heathen is the, is the Gentile. They said, you guys go, you guys go to the Gentiles and spread this. We'll stay here and we'll do the Jew. Ten. Only they, only they, with that we should remember the poor, the same which I also was forward to do. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. So Paul got in his faith. Paul, Paul, withstood Peter right to his face, which means he confronted him face to face as a man, and he was probably ready to beat him up over it. For before that, certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles, but when they were come, he, with, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them, which were the circumcision. So he goes and he eats with the, with the Gentiles, which you can't eat an unclean animal. It says in Acts 11, it says back there, Peter talks about where he did that. And uh, Peter didn't want to do it because it was an unclean animal. Chapter 11, Acts chapter 11, 5. I was in the city of Joppa praying, 
And in a trance, this is Peter talking, I saw a vision, a certain vessel descend as it had been a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came unto me. Upon the which, when I had fastened mine eyes, I considered and saw four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And I heard a voice saying unto me, Arise, Peter, slay and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean hath at any time, so he's never broken this law, hath at any time in my, been in my mouth, entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God hath cleansed, thou call, thou not call uncommon. And this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. And behold, immediately there were three men already come unto the house where I was sent from Caesarea unto me. And the Spirit bade me do with them nothing doubting moreover there. These six brethren accompanied me, accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. So, initially he denied because it was the law. That's how, that's how religious, that's how they kept the law. But, um, anyway, back to Galatians 13. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of gospel, I said unto him, Peter, before them all, if thou being a Jew livest after the manner of Gentiles, and not as the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to do as the Jews? So Paul, see, these people, are they're hunched over, they're walking, they're like, what do I do? I, I, I'm going to have to get compelled to be circumcised. i got to join, i got to live by the law. No, Paul said, if you go and you live, if you go in a house and you eat in Joppa, and the Lord commands you to do such, and you say no, and three times over again this happens, and you eat. So if you can live like a Gentile, then why does the Gentile have to live like the Jew? 15. We who are Jews by nature are not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Verse 16, verse 16 is the foundation, the truth and justification and proof that laws... That, that Peter's ministry all the way up through Acts and all this, all the way up to this point here in Antioch, was false. It didn't, it didn't hold no correlation to what's real, what's true. It's not his fault. He didn't know any better. Paul had to tell him this. This is why after this they all preached this. Paul went to the Gentile. Peter went to the Jew. This is how people be, get saved. Listen to it again. Six, Galatians 2 Verse 16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. The law is what Peter kept. The law is what is what James, John, is what Stephen taught. But by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we, the Jew, because Paul was Saul. Paul changed his name to a Gentile name. He never changed his 
his belief. He was still a Jew by nature. That's why he said, We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. So all these, you need to be baptized to be saved, Believers, they're throwing out the window. All these people that say tie 10% or you'll go to hell, they're throwing out of the law. They're throwing out of it. And not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. If you confess your sins and you get saved, Christ does not welcome you into his arms saying, Good job. Good job, my brother. You're doing really well. Now I want you to go out there and get baptized. I want you every Sunday to tie 10% to the local uh, church. I, no less, no less than 10%. One penny off, you're going to hell, man, just one time. And I want you to make sure that you go out and, uh, 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 you know, uh, preach my name. And I want you to help the old lady cross the road. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, do you believe in me? Yes. Do you confess your sins? Yes. Did I die on that cross? Was I buried? Did I rise again the third day? Do you believe that to be truth? Yes. Welcome. Welcome. Into my arms. You are now mine. Your sins, your salvation is bought and paid for. You're a slave at this point. But you're not a slave that's going around and like 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 them not standing upright according to the truth of the gospel. You're bought and paid for. You are bought and paid for. When you buy something, does the store have the right to take it back from you? When you give them the money, if you buy something for five bucks, you give them that five bucks, they say, here's your receipt. Do they automatically have the right to snatch it back up? No. Your sin, your salvation is bought and paid for. Your sins have been thrown into the, into the sea of for forgetfulness by God himself. The blood of the lamb that God provided you which is Jesus Christ, has covered your door. So when that big old swooping uh, cloud of uh, death comes rolling through like back in the day to kill all the firstborns, you're not going to die. Trust me, you're going to die. Your body's going to die. You're a, you're a trinity, just like the Holy Trinity. Adam was made in God's image. Adam's sin and the next ones were made in Adam's image. But here's the thing. Your sins are bought and paid for the moment that you you accept Christ, the moment that you repent, the moments that you believe in your heart, not in your head. You can believe it in your head and go to hell. You can believe it in your head for a hundred years and go to hell if you do not believe it in your heart. If you do not if you do not fully conform and transform yourself into a real believer and, and you do not repent. If you do not allow your salvation to be bought and paid for, then you will never get to heaven. I don't care if you get baptized a, ten times a day. I don't care if you tied a hundred percent. I don't care if you live on a street because you give every every penny in your paycheck to the church. You will never get to heaven. You are not saved by the works anymore. This is not the gospel. This is not the four gospels. This is not the Old Testament. This is the Pauline epistles. This is what... We do. We are not under the period of law anymore. We are under the grace age. 17. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are found sinners. 
Is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. So when you go out and, and look for the law and keep the law up, you'll never get anywhere. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For if I through the law am dead to the law, that I might live unto God, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate grace of God, frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. If you can still to this day be baptized and saved, if you can still to this day buy your salvation by tithing 10% or going to the church, Christ did die in vain. God sent his only begotten son, God sent his flesh form down here to die and to be beaten for nothing. If you can still be bought and saved by the law, then God is a complete stupid idiot for letting his son die. Because the first time God talks about true love in this Bible is not man and woman, it's not Adam and Eve. It's, it's father-son love. God put that back there, for all the way back there, when, when the sacrifice of Isaiah... That's father and son. That's the first time true love is talked about in his Bible. He was an image of Christ. The lamb that will be slain to cover the sin. Christ sent his son down here to die in vain. Do you think that's real? Do you think your salvation is not bought by faith plus nothing? You're crazy. If you do, if you sit there and think that you can get saved and then have to worry about losing it, you're crazy. I don't want a Savior that's going to take it back. I don't want a Savior that will kill his son just to laugh and say, keep the works, keep the law. That's not a Savior. That's a decider. He decides what he wants. If he wants to sell you something that's bought and paid for your salvation by, by his son's death, and then say, here's your receipt. Oh, I'm taking it back. I don't like you. I don't want that. Mankind would not want that. If God is like that, he is no better than Satan himself. He is no better than Lucifer. That is why God is not like that. God does not save you by the law anymore. God sent the Lamb down here, which was Jesus Christ, which is the blood that will cover the door, which will cover our sins, which buys and pays for us to get into heaven. Once you get saved, you are always saved. Say, they say, it's a license to sin. It's a license to sin. It is not a license to sin. If you understand what truly being saved, what truly changing yourself is, you would understand that it is once saved, always saved. People don't understand what getting saved is. People don't understand what turning their life over to God is. People have turned their life over to God and they're not saved. They're not truly saved. Oh, I'm saved. I believe. I believe. You believe it in your brain. You do not believe it in your heart. You did not confess with your heart. You confessed with your mouth. Anybody can confess with their mouth. Whew. 
The Bible says, when you change, when you give your life over to, to the Lord, you are made a new creature. It says that in Paul's books. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath ordained, hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. Verse 8 says, For you are, for by grace are you saved through faith. Now, I read that, and then there's a little a colon type deal, and then you got, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. If you believe in keeping the law and that works and baptism saves you, then it would say, For by grace plus the law plus tithing plus baptism, plus you can lose it even though you got your receipt, are you saved through faith, but you can lose it, like I said just a second ago, so be sure to keep the law, be sure to tithe 10% and give, a, give 12% just to make sure, and that by yourselves at this point because you've got to keep the law, it is a semi-gift from God slash Lucifer because Lucifer can just go tell God you screwed up. That's not what it says. That is not in any way what it says. Now, I'll say not of works lest any man should boast. Don't go bragging about the works you do. It says in verse 10, for we are his workmanship. Now, just because you are saved faith plus nothing, does that mean you shouldn't do works? No. If you are created a new creature and changed in your heart, then you you will most likely go out and do works of Christ. It is your a good Christian's duty to go do works, yeah. But you're not duty bound by the law for your salvation to do works. If you want to sit in your bedroom and read the Bible all day and then go out to church on Sunday, shake a few hands, and then go back home and do the process over... As long as you're saved, you're saved. But if you want to go out every weeknight and pass out tracts and you want to preach in church campuses and stuff or minister, be a missionary, good for you. You're doing his workmanship. But if you're a missionary and you go endure hard stuff and get beat and killed, the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to get there faster because you died younger. You're not going to be held higher, you're not going to be like a general Christian versus a captain Christian. You're all saved on the equal basis of you believe in Christ and you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection and that you, your sins and your salvation is bought paid for. You're not saved on the basis of how many works you did. This is, We're not under the law anymore. And I'll show you. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us 
to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us to the ministry of reconciliation. You become a new creature. You become one of Christ, one of the Lord, when you truly turn yourself over, when you are truly bought and saved, bought and paid for, when you are truly saved, when you confess it with your heart, not just your mouth, and believe it with your brain. That's a lot of people's problems. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Did you ever read the Bible? I, I read some of it. You know, all if I can do all things through Christ, yeah. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. You know, those verses. Everybody knows those verses. Even the atheists know those verses. But let's look in John 3.16, John 3.15. Let's see what John has to say about salvation. Here. Because John's under the law. John 3.15, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. John 3.15, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 17. For God sent his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. 18. He that believeth in on him is not condemned, but he that believeth... Not is condemned already, because he hath be he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Chapter nineteen, and this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. So twenty, for every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. 21. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, and that is, his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wroth in God. Now it doesn't say that through your deeds you're made manifest. It says that his deeds are made manifest. And it says up here in 15, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. It's set in stone. You're bought, you're paid for, you're his. He's got the receipt. The cashier, the company, cannot take back what you bought and paid for. It is set in stone. It was made that way. This is what I believe, okay? And I have proved it. Now you can go and you can say James said in, in James that you know you got to do your works and all this. We're not set under the law. We're not the Jew. The one thing that throws the majority of people off in the Bible is they don't know the places where the Jew and the Gentile go. They don't. They have no idea where it goes. They have no idea where to fit things in. If you can find out where the Jewish part and where the Gentile part line up and who is in charge of who, you're going to do pretty daggone well. The thing is, a lot of Christians are dumb, just as dumb as anybody else. Willingly, they're ignorant because they, they can see it in the Bible 
but they refuse to believe it in the Bible because it hurts them. They've got to truly give themselves over to Christ if they go into the Pauline epistles. The Pauline epistles is the grace age. You're, you're saved by faith plus nothing. And once you're saved, you're always saved. Now, a religious zealot can tell you that you can lose your salvation and that you've got to give him a lot more money and you got to tithe 10%, which was lost in the law. That's why they do that. They want more money. They don't care about Christ. They care about money. They're not even setting their salvation because they probably only confessed and believe it with their mouth and believe it with their brain. They probably never really confessed with their heart or else they wouldn't be using people for money because they are not made a new creature. Religious zealots are more satanic than Christian due to the fact that they do use people and they're cult leaders and they want you to worship them like the Pope, Muhammad, all of them. Even the Jews back then were like that. So um, that's that's the truth. The truth of the the truth of the nature is people will use you. You've got to watch out for what you do. That's why um, you see a lot of people worried to go to church, and you got to go to a real Bible believing church. You can't go to a to a Methodist church. You can't go to a Catholic church. You can't go to a Baptist church. You can't go to a, a Lutheran church. A lot of the churches just sprinkle their own little stuff and, and swish-wash the Bible around and change it all up. You're not supposed to do that. There's one Bible that you read. There is one Bible that God wants you to use. That is the 1611 version of the King James Version. Not the NKJV or whatever. Not the New King James Version. The original King James Version Bible. Not the NIV, not the XYZ, not the ABC, not the 123, not the Satanic, Holy, Godly Bible. None of that stuff. Not the Catholic Bible, none of that stuff. You want the real KGV, KJV Bible. You want the King James Bible. Not the KGB Bible, not the Soviet Union Bible. Because they say, why not cut the Old Testament out? It's Jewish, it's law, why not cut the four Gospels out? You need that for your knowledge. You need Paul's stuff for your doctrine. It's all useful. Not one word in this Bible is non-beneficial to you. This whole Bible will give you things that you need. This whole Bible can give you lessons. This whole Bible, you open this Bible, if you're heartbroken, if you are going through something in your life you do not understand, close your eyes, open the Bible, and just start reading at the top of the left side all the way down the page, and I guarantee you your problem will be solved in a couple page flips or even just on that page. If you truly pray, you don't need to know, you don't need to be a prayer warrior. You don't need to write down every little thing and go over it. God don't want you praying for 45 minutes on one topic. He's going to get angry. If you in your heart say, God, please help me with this, God will never let you walk alone. He might not take it from you, but he will, he will dang sure know that you are not walking alone. He will be there with you. Christ will be at your side. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. A friend that sticks closer than a brother will not always take your problems onto himself, but he will always be there for you. That is what I've got to say.
Let's say a quick prayer and we'll get this over. Dear Lord, thank you for not allowing another podcast, the first podcast, the message, Lord. Watch over me, watch over everybody that listens to this, watch over my friends, my family. If anybody needs saved, um, do that on your own time. If you ever want me to help you get saved, send me a voice message, anything like that. I know this is weird to put in a prayer, but all you have to do is to ask the Lord to come into your heart and forgive you. Lord, if there's anybody out there that's listening to this, that needs help, that needs saved, that's walking through a rough road, walking through a rough spot, watch over them, watch over me, Lord. Because I am to a sinner, I sin, I struggle every day. And you know that, Lord. Watch over all the Christians that have trouble. Watch over all our brothers and sisters. Watch over all things and everything, Lord. Keep all men, all women, keep the whole world rejoiced, Lord. Because I know the day is drawing close. And I know you're itching to get back. And I know the burden that you have, Lord. And I want for you to watch over all my friends and all my family. And now I'm going to say a little prayer. I'm going to help you guys pray. So if you need help, if you need saved, I want to help you do this. Lord, come into my heart and take my sins. Cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Help me walk down that straight, narrow path that will lead me to you. Buy my salvation for me, Lord, because I give you the money that you need to give me that receipt. Because, Lord, I confess my sins, and I claim your Son as our Savior, as the Lamb, as the one that will shed his blood. I confess and I believe in my heart, and I confess with my tongue, that your son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, died on that cross, was buried, and that he rose again that third day. And had he endured nothing I could ever even endure on his walk in to Calvary alone, knowing that he could have called a legion of angels, Lord, but he didn't, because he loved me. He loved a wretched sinner like me. And all the people listening, and all the ones that never will, Lord, please take me into your guidance. Guide me, Lord. I bend the knee and bow the head and confess and believe in my heart that you are my one true king and that you are my Lord and that you alone can save me and that once you buy it, you never take it back, Lord. And I am made a new creature in you, a new creature and a new man in Christ. In Jesus' sweet name, amen. Take care, guys.